Wednesday, July 19th, and what a long day it's already been. Not one, but two. Both boys are home from school sick today while Jillian is in Tahoe for the next three days at an event. So guess who is going to have it up to here with two under-the-weather little boys maybe for the rest of the week, which means that the summer vacation that we were planning uh, might not even happen. We might not even be able to go if these kids are sick. I am going to have to remain home. Uh, today's show is, as always, brought to you by Ike's Uncle Boy's Blackened Whiskey, but it's also brought to you by Grandma Liz, who is upstairs watching the boys. And I don't know if she's available the next two days, so this could be our last 11 a.m., Plus group meeting of the week. I'm, I'm going to beg you for a little patience while I deal with these boys while the kids are out of town. Doesn't mean they're the only videos I'm going to put up for the rest of the week. Well, I'm going to come down and tinker in the middle of the night when both boys are sleeping. Get you something. Feed the beast. But uh, this might be the last 11 until next week. So thank you for being here once again. It is great having you on the Damon Bruce show. It is wonderful having you back to the plus. And today I really wanted to talk about Shohei Otani and what that trade might look like if the Giants were to put together their most competitive offer to try to land Shohei Otani if he really were to be traded by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. But before we get there, of course, Draymond Green decides to rear his head while I come up with the sexiest Shohei thumbnail, maybe of all time. Let's be totally honest, and we'll get into some of your reaction to that thumbnail uh, when we get uh, into your comments in the chat session that is Club Plus. But let's start with the fact that Draymond Green is the guy who can't stop talking in Jordan Poole just completely looks better and more mature than he does today. Draymond green is going back and forth. He's being baited by um, misquotes from ball sack sports and like think like he, no one even knows what to believe. And Draymond doesn't know what to believe or who to yell at. So he's arguing with Kevin Garnett and Jordan Poole and Jordan Poole's father. And like, it's just another day that is come on Draymond, like get older than that. Be older than that. You know, I know that you love talking and you're, you're great at it and, and you draw an awful lot of attention every time you, open your mouth, but I couldn't help but notice that Jordan Poole has the opportunity to draw a ton of attention to him, but he won't give it to anyone because he, like the OG straight-up gangster he is, won't say a word. Jordan Poole ain't snitching to the cops, social media being the cops in this, uh, in, in this scenario. Jordan Poole is just staying quiet as a mouse, man, and Draymond is going back and forth with Jordan Poole's dad. Like, look, man, this is just conduct unbecoming. I'm not mad at you anymore, Draymond. I know who you are at this point in your career, and I know that you just cannot shut up to save your life. But, you know, it, it, Jordan Poole looks like twice the man you do, trying to explain away why you punched the guy, and it was a slow burn, and there was a lot leading. Here's the deal, dude. Draymond, not only did you win the battle, you won the war. Quit victory lapping this whole thing. Jordan Poole is yesterday's news. Stop. Get on to today's head page. Stop talking about the guy. Like, you you won. He's gone. You're still here. Take the victory lap. Draymond looks petty and small, getting into it with Jordan Poole's dad. I mean, come on, man. It's his dad. Leave his dad alone. His dad's allowed to defend his kid. Like, Jordan Poole could murder someone, and his dad is allowed to come to his defense. So, sniping at his dad, 
Just like, look, Draymond should just ask himself with every single action between now and the end of his career, does this particular action get me, my team, and most importantly, for historical standpoint, Steph Curry, to another NBA championship? And if the answer is yes, go ahead and do it. If the answer is no, don't even waste your time doing it. Seriously. Unless this action is in service of helping to win a championship, should you bother doing it if you're Draymond Green? The answer is no. And someone already tweeted at me like, oh, Draymond, you know, Damon, you're way too concerned with what Draymond does on and off the court. Look, the stuff that he has done has been admitted by Draymond himself and by Steve Kerr as subverses, subversive of success. Draymond Green's punch of Jordan Poole hung over that team all year long, and they couldn't get out of that funk, and everyone has admitted to it as such. They wouldn't admit to it in real time, but when it was all said and done, every single instinct I told you was on the table, what do you know? It was all there the entire time. Quit bringing it up. Good God, move on. Jordan certainly has that about to lead the NBA in scoring gangster that he is. I even saw that, that Draymond Green went on to say that his static with Chris Paul in his career has been well-documented, and that's not just going to change on day one, and the two of them need to sit down and kind of talk man-to-man. Draymond, shut up. Shut up. Shut All your personal baggage that you carry around like a lady toting her purse from boutique to boutique, shut the fuck up, dude. I mean, seriously, here's how this works. Chris Paul is your teammate. The two of you run around the court holding hands together until you're friends. Draymond is not the last, uh, you know, evaluator of whether or not this Chris Paul thing is going to work. Like, he needs to pass Draymond. He's your teammate. He's your teammate right now. You don't need to be best friends, but you certainly need to be friendly with each other. Just stop trying to create static and drama. With every podcast, with every quote that is taken either in or out of context. Like, quit making being normal so hard on everyone associated with the Golden State Warriors. So we're going to get like three days of this is all the station is going to talk about. This is all you're going to get in print. People are going to be writing about, well, Draymond's talking about that static that he had with Chris Paul. So let's revisit all that bad blood and what might have been and what could have been and all that stuff. Why? He's your teammate, dude. Come on. Just come on, dude. Grow up. It's pretty easy. You're old enough to have done that by now. It's the pain in the ass. I mean, just... You know, here here you are. You won the entire war. You still got to be a total pain in the ass. Stop, man. Just stop. Just stop. Your mouth has scuttled basketball seasons. That needs to end now. That needs to end now. You need to be a great defensive possession, a rebound, and start in a fast break. That's what you need to be, Draymond. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Again, I do want to thank all of our sponsors very, very much. My man Ike is serving up delicious sandwiches each and every day at nearly 100 locations throughout California. Use that Ike's app. Order yourself a sandwich from 
Ike's for lunch today. You'll be happy you did. And then let's say you're living in San Francisco, you're driving around that inner Richmond, and you want a cheeseburger, get to Uncle Boy's. You get a burger, you get the onion rings, and you get the lumpia. Get that lumpia, baby. It is delicious. I'm an Uncle Boy's fan. You will be too. And you're supporting a homegrown San Francisco original all the way around, just like Metallica was back in the day. Now they're kind of a band that has sort of made it. The argument could be made that Metallica has made it professionally, and they've also decided to make some whiskey. And the whiskey that they've decided to make is some of the best whiskey in the world. Pick yourself up a bottle. You will be happy that you did get one at BevMo. If you don't shop at BevMo and don't see it in the liquor store that you frequent, ask them to order a case of Blackened. Because as the true diehard plucer you are, you are going to be in there to give them your business. Because that's what producers do, man. They support the show by supporting our sponsors and supporting me. And I thank you so very much for doing all of that. And to thank all of you, I can tell you, and I wanted to do it early in today's show, to circle the date of August 5th. It's going to be in San Francisco. It's going to be by the ballpark. Can't tell you exactly where it's going to be. But on August 5th, we are going to have our first official Plus meetup. And I can't wait to see so many of you. I hope you can make it all out. It won't be ticketed. We won't be charging you anything to come on through. It'll just be great to come out and see. And thank you for watching so many shows. I think today is already show number 77, I believe. So we're just marching right along here. Over a quarter million YouTube views in a short amount of time. I'm, I'm very proud of all that we've done. And thank you. You should be proud of it, too, because you have been a big part of this the whole way through it. So. On to today's main topic. After our little Draymond distraction. The Giants have won seven in a row, kids. The Giants have won seven in a row. Uh, one of the most important days of the entire Major League season. I thought the Giants served to themselves yesterday. They, in one day, beat the Reds twice thanks to the suspended game carrying over. Uh, so you take two games in one day. You keep your own winning streak going. You keep that Reds losing streak going in spite of all of their runs scored. You know, someone was like, oh, this is a downward-trending Reds team. Why is that a big day? You know, everyone's got to argue like you can't just be like man that was an important day of baseball without some idiot on twitter being like no nah, really wasn't that important it only matters one game at a time no yesterday was a big deal for the san francisco giants it was a really good day of baseball and if you can't recognize that luckily you either follow me on twitter or you watch the show so i can tell you when something important happens when you totally miss it because camilo duvall got a pair of saves in the same day it's the first time a giants closer has done that since rob nen did that 23 years ago that's a good day of baseball you can talk about the reds and them not winning an awful lot right now are they a down baseball team well they got a losing streak but they scored 10 runs yesterday how often do the cincinnati reds score 10 runs at home and win that game that's got to be in the 98th percentile, right? You know, that's got to happen an awful lot. Well, yesterday they scored 10 runs, which means they didn't have a bad day at the office, and the Giants still won. That's a good day of baseball. Listen to Daddy. He knows what he's talking about. Ah, sip of the day. An early one. we got to get it out of the way early today. This has got to be a quick show to spare Grandma Liz the trouble. 
So with the Giants on this heater and Shohei Otani's name obviously being bandied about, what would it take to get it done? Honestly, what would it take to get it done? I've seen a lot of people talk about they wouldn't trade any collection, any amount of minor leaguers for Shohei Otani. And theoretically, I understand. You wouldn't want to give up too much of the future for a, a guy who could turn around and use your city as a rental property. So some things would have to be in place here. In order to make a trade for Shohei Otani, the San Francisco Giants would have to truly believe two things. Two things first and foremost. Number one, do you believe that trading for Shohei Otani would mean you are directly threatening for a pennant? Because nothing's guaranteed. Look at the amount of money that the Yankees and the Mets have spent on their baseball teams this year. And you got, you know, the, the Yankees, I believe, are in sole possession of last place right now. The Mets are one of the more underachieving, highest-paid teams in the history of the game of baseball. So there's no amount of this move equals it's automatically going to work available to you in baseball history. But do you believe that the Giants could threaten for a pennant if they added a home run leader and a Cy Young Award winner? I do. I do. So you check the first box of, yeah, you could maybe win a World Series as you are built with Shohei Otani. And finally... Do you believe that San Francisco has a real chance to become his forever home? We're going to talk about Shohei like he's a, a, a pet up for adoption. Do you believe that that guy could become uh, find his forever home in San Francisco? I do. I think the Giants could make a very good case. So you got to believe that both of those things are in play. And if they are, what trade offer would you make? I saw that Zach Reiner from Bleacher Report says that the Giants give up, and this would hurt, like the Giants would be giving up the 14th 67th and 70th overall prospects in the top 100 prospects. Three top 100 prospects is an awful lot. And beyond that, we're talking about the one, two, and fourth. The first, second, and fourth prospects in the Giants minor league system for a two-month rental of Shohei Otani. That feels like an awful lot to ask. Those guys are left-handed pitcher Kyle Harrison, shortstop Marco Luciano, and then left-handed pitcher Carson Wisenhunt. You wouldn't want to give those guys up, but let's be as excited as you are about maybe all three of those guys. Let's talk about what all three of those guys are. All three of them are maybes. They're positive maybes. There's maybes with a good chance of becoming a yes associated with them. But they're all maybes. They're all maybes. Shohei Otani is no maybe. As a matter of fact, when you try to find the percentile of what player percentile Shohei Otani is in, he's basically in that inner ring of the most sacred Hall of Famers that have ever played the sport of baseball. And if we're being completely honest, he's better than all of them. So there is every there's every single player that is suppose you could fit the list of everyone who's ever played major league baseball in between my two fingers right here. This is everyone who has ever played major league baseball. This is Shohei Otani. He is above all of them. There is no maybe. There is no questioning. There is no wondering what you get if you get Shohei Otani. You trade three maybes for the man who is definitely the single greatest baseball player of all time. Like, I do that deal. I, I do that deal. I do that deal. 
You tell me I'm crazy. I think Jim Bowden or Jim Bowden uh, suggested it's Wisenhunt, Harrison, Luciano, and then you might have to throw in Matos and Grant McRae, who is another big, uh, a highly touted prospect. Maybe even Mike Yastrzemski needs to be thrown into the deal. Maybe a Jock Peterson. Like, that left people screaming when they read that. Are you all crazy? All of those guys might be actual major leaguers. The guy that you'd be trading for is the greatest major leaguer of all time, including Willie Mays, including Barry Bonds. What are we talking about? Well, you only might have two months of Otani. Okay, and at the end of that two months, you might be a World Series champion. You might be a World Series champion. I really mean it. You know, think about it. It feels like it's time to take a, a bunch of maybes and flip them for the best of all time. Just listen to the Giants lineup. Just listen to the Giants lineup if you put Shohei Otani in it, okay? Just listen to this. Um, you know, any and all minor leaguers ever are just all of them. They're all maybes. What you have is definitely the greatest player in the game today in Shohei Otani. So you'd have at first base leading off Lamont Wade Jr. Then you got Tyro Estrada playing second. Uh, then you'd have Otani as your DH hitting third, followed by J.D. Davis, then Jock Peterson, Patrick Bailey. With the shortstop of Schmidt and Crawford platoon, you'd get Yaz out in right field and what, Matos in center field. By the way, that is a lefty-righty, lefty-righty, lefty switch hitter, righty-lefty, righty-lefty combo, righty. So you get to play all the matchup baseball that you could possibly dream about. And oh, by the way, do you realize who your bench is then? Then all of a sudden, you got all of those guys in your starting lineup and your bench is Blake Sable, Michael Conforto, Mitch Hanniger, Austin Slater, William Flores, and Brett Wisely. That team could win a World Series. That team could win a World Series because here's who your starting rotation is now. Your starting rotation is Logan Webb, Shohei Otani, Alex Cobb, Alex Wood, Anthony DeSclafani, and then your, what, your sixth man, whatever, if you need that. You, you got your Keaton Wynn, Ross Stripling, Sean Manaya bullpen games, which you wouldn't see many of in the postseason, obviously. You got the Rodgers twins in the bullpen along with the best closer in baseball. You can win a world championship with that. I'll trade you the next four years down the road for a World Series today. And since none of it's promised, come on, man. How, how, do, how do you say no to Shohei Otani? Now, I don't think the Angels are, are, are probably going to trade them. And if they do, let's be honest, there's other teams out there, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, the Dodgers, maybe even the Mariners, maybe even the Rangers, that could really put together a competitive offer that outcompetes whatever competitive offer the Giants could put on the table. But you got to try. You got to be in that conversation. It's Shohei Otani. It's Shohei Otani. I mean, there's nothing left to say. Except that thumbnail I used at him today was one of the sexiest things maybe of all time, right? So two wins in one day. That was a really good day of baseball for the San Francisco Giants yesterday. Um, this is a good Reds team. They mash it home. They scored 10 runs yesterday, and they lost Joey Votto, by the way. It is 350th career home run, all in a Cincinnati uniform. He's the second Reds player to ever reach that total. Johnny Bench has homered more than any other Cincinnati Red. He's at 389. 
So Joey Votto now 49. Joey, here's the thing. Joey Votto is what 40 home runs away from being the all time home run leader of the Cincinnati Reds. And I have checked my notes. They've been playing for baseball an awful long time. I love Joey Votto. Everybody likes Joey Votto. Good for Joey Votto. He seems fantastic. Every time he opens his mouth, every, every time Joey Votto does something, or I see a stat about him, I'm like, I love this guy. He's the, he's the only Cincinnati Red. I think I really like giants have done a nice job keeping Ellie Dela Cruz in check in this series. Big game today. Third game today uh, of this four game series. And we'll see if the Giants can can you know put themselves in position to have won the series before they even reach the last game um, against Cincinnati tomorrow. Uh, it was a silly, silly afternoon and night of scoring runs around Major League Baseball. Uh, Eleven teams scored ten or more runs for the first time since 1894. I mean, why? Why did that all happen? The randomness of baseball really is amazing. Uh, by the way, also, thank God, and I really mean this because I love the new rules that have been put in to, to increase the pace of play. And really, I think the best way I've seen it described all week as we've talked about it is this pace of play situation and all these rules that are in place, they haven't really sped the game up as much as they prevent it from slowing to a snail's pace. And if left to their own devices, these players, these pitchers, these hitters, these managers will grind the game to a snail's pace. So it just removes the element of all of them ruining an otherwise good baseball game by everybody operating like everything's in molasses. So it's good. It's good. Uh, thank God that the odd ridiculous amount of run scoring that we saw yesterday didn't happen earlier in the year because everyone would have been like, Oh, look, pace of play. It's ruining baseball. You got all these runs. Now just the randomness of this game, the randomness of the game of baseball is something to be appreciated. And then on for, for no particular reason, or maybe you can say, look, man, it's really hot outside. Temperatures are soaring. Bats are heating up. It's after the all-star break. Guys are swinging from their fannies now on hot days looking to go yard. Just like Freddie Lewis back in the day. I'm just trying to go yard. So maybe that's what we got going on, right? Oy, oy, oy! Right. 11 teams scoring 10 or more runs for the first time since 1894. Explain it. You can't. You can't. Cubs scored 17 runs. The Diamondbacks scored 16 runs. Atlanta, 13 runs. The Royals scored 11. The Giants scored 11. The Mets scored 11. The Reds, Tigers, Dodgers, and Guardians, and White Sox all scored 10 runs yesterday. And Josh Dubow points out that for the third time since 1900, three teams lost on the same day while each scoring 10 runs in a losing effort. Baseball's amazing. It really is. Oh, by the way, the A's, they ended their most recent eight-game losing streak with a shutout win of the Boston Red Sox at the Coliseum. I'm sure they'll look to start another eight-game losing streak as soon as possible. Uh, I didn't tell you all that, though, to tell you this. Alex Schultz, who uh, writes for SF Gate, unearthed a little nugget of scumbaggery that just helps define the level of scumbaggery that John Fisher wakes up with in his heart each and every day. Um, Oakland A's owner Gap Inc. heir John Fisher donated to 
GOP presidential candidate, Doug Burgum, who is a billionaire running a vanity campaign polling at 0.3%. So again, there is no amount of bad ideas that John Fisher won't throw money at. And this isn't a criticism of who, you know, you're, you're allowed to vote for whoever you want. But today, more than ever, who you want to vote for and who you're supporting politically says more about either the good person or the total scumbag that you truly are. And look, John Fisher is a fucking scumbag. There's no other way to say it. Uh, the guy that he is supporting as North Dakota governor. Um, Doug Burgum has signed some of the country's most restrict restrictive anti-abortion, anti-trans, anti-progress bills that you can possibly find. And again, if that's the side of the argument you're on, you're on the going to have history shame you titanically side of the argument. And if I've offended you today, you can all go fuck yourselves. How about that? Good. John Fisher mostly, though. Um, important things, important things later today at 515, it is the premiere of an interview I did with one of my favorite guys to talk to in the sports world. Robert Latall runs, manages, edits black sports online, which is a website that I've been going to for years. If you have been listening to my show, you have heard plenty of shows with Robert Latall joining those shows as a guest for the very first time at 515 tonight. Plusers, he will be making his premiere. You can go ahead and start chatting in there when this chat room shuts down a little bit later on. Um, so Robert Latall, 515, the premiere tonight on Damon Bruce Plus, the plus. Uh, we talk an awful lot about you know running backs and how they got paid and how they got into the situation that was very much yesterday's cause celeb. Everyone was talking about that. Larry Kruger and I taped a couple of re an incredibly vivid conversation about how running backs got into that. I suggest that's a video that you check out from yesterday if if you have not seen it already. Um, I told you already that our first Pluser meetup will be on August 5th, so please circle that date if you want to be there. Uh, a couple of other things happening today. The Pac-12 not being able to talk about its media deal at its media day is one of the all-time like canary in the coal mines I've ever seen for a conference. The Pac-12 has been working on a media deal for so long that they got no progress to share at their own media days. That ain't good. At what point do I have to put the plus on the table as a place where Pac-12 games can actually be broadcast from. <laughs> Seriously. What a mess. What an absolute mess. How have they not figured this out? I don't get it. I mean, I have literally, my wife and I have started an entire new digital company in three months and i understand it's less complicated than a pac-12 network deal but it's just the two of us and we don't know what we're doing <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing we're just trying we've come further in three months than the pac-12's come in the last decade let's be completely honest with everything here good god before we slip on over to club plus I want to share with you a story that we did talk about earlier this week, and it's about saving Anchor Steam. 
as a brewery. That story resonated in the city last week um, when Sapporo announced that it was going to shutter the not just the the tasting room, but the brewery and and basically close down Anchor's team after nearly 130 years of brewing beer in San Francisco. Uh, SFist wrote a story saying that in its 127 years, Anchor Steam has died before or had a near-death period, and someone has always come along to revive it. Most notably, appliance heir Fritz Maytag bought the brewery out of bankruptcy in 1965 and basically turned it into the pioneering craft brand that you know it as today. Well, three local people all unaffiliated with each other, have all come forward and at least told the San Francisco Chronicle that they're interested in buying and reviving the brewery. One even sounds like he's got potential investors lined up. Again, I don't understand why Joe Lacob, the Warriors, the San Francisco Giants, don't just step right in here, buy it, and have a brewery to go along with your team, which buys an awful lot of beer. Why not do that? Why not do that? Well, then they'd be giving up their exclusive rights to sell whatever, you know, Budweiser, Coors situation they have. Okay, but when you own the brand that you then now have the exclusive rights to sell to, that's a good thing. Two stadiums doing nothing but anchor beers. I'd love that. So most plans consist of bringing Anchor's Brewing back down to its core products, the steam beer, the Liberty Ale, perhaps a limited distribution to just the Bay Area. Again, what really hurt Anchor Steam was trying to turn itself into a national craft beer. It was never meant to be that. Sapporo tried to jam a business model down uh, an industry that wasn't asking for Anchor Steam to join that business model. Uh, a tech worker and longtime San Francisco resident, Steve Matthews, says he tells the paper he and a group of friends are contemplating an offer of their own, and his idea would be to then produce a reality TV show centered around the process of reviving the brewery. A working title might be, How Many Tech Idiots Does It Take to Run a Brewery? I got to be completely honest, when you think of all of the content that has been churned out, that might work. That might work. I it, I wanted to have a happy ending, though. I wouldn't want to see a whole bunch of dudes rolling around in Patagonia vests, all tech broing out and failing. I'd want it to work. Keep Anchor Steam alive. It sounds like that that is bubbling up, that someone might really step in and do it. And that would make me happy. And I think it would make you happy as well. What is uh, not going to make an awful lot of people happy here in Northern California, and it just goes into possibly opportunity lost. And we have not talked about this at all this week, but did you see that Golden Gate Fields, which is what, right between Albany and Berkeley, sitting right on the shores of the San Francisco Bay, it opened back in 1941. So the thing goes back to World War II. Well, Golden Gate Fields is going to run its last race, and it's going to shut down operation in fall. So that's going to put a lot of people out of work, and what it's also going to do is take the horse racing business and remove it from Northern California once and for all. It's gone. Now, look, I, I, I've 
never even been to Golden Gate Fields. I, I'm not much of a horse gambling guy. And obviously there aren't enough horse gambling guys and gals for that place to remain open. It's become unprofitable. But this closure just feels like it, it, it's it's a big opportunity lost because gambling is coming to California. And I know it didn't do well on the last uh, voting go around, but man, they attached the concept of, do you want to bring gambling to Northern California to like, you're, you're, you're basically screwing over indigent um, or, you know, the, the just casinos and tribal casinos and uh, all of those Indian casinos banded together and ran a great propaganda campaign to keep, you know, gambling out of California so they can keep gambling all to themselves. And they turned it into like a homeless issue, some brilliant political maneuvering, but it wasn't really true in any way, shape or form. So gambling is eventually going to come to California. We all know that it's just a matter of when, and it feels like if Golden Gate Fields was opening, man, that could have been a hell of a, 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 you turn it into a place that takes sports bets, a card room, a casino, and a racetrack. Like, man, that really could have worked, right? Right outside of San Francisco, that might have held some appeal. But it's all going to be shut down. So pour a little out for Golden Gate Fields, which, let's face it, Golden Gate Fields died a little death right when Sam Skinner passed away. And Rest in peace to Sam Skinner. Got a horse right here. His name is Paul Revere. And the guy says, if the weather's clear, he can do. He can do. The guy says the horse can do. Ah, good coffee. Good, good coffee. So the last thing we're going to get into before we slip into Club Plus is maybe some good news. How about this? Did you see the story that Las Vegas Metro Police searched a home earlier this week and part of the what they call ongoing investigation into the death of Tupac Shakur? Tupac was killed in September of 1996. His murder remains unsolved, obviously, but you're telling me there's an ongoing investigation? I really didn't believe you until I read this story. But all right, the warrant approved by a judge reportedly involved a gentleman named Dwayne Davis, who is 60. He goes by the street name Keith D. And police searched his home for personal notes, photos, and other documents related to Tupac's death. Go solve that murder, Las Vegas Police Department. I, I did not think I was going to see Tupac's murder investigation in the news ever again but there it is so there you go how long will they mourn me well they're still doing it still looking there you go las vegas pd still looking for the killer it's not like oj lip service i don't think oj's looking for the killer anywhere unless he's in the mirror and then he'll find him um that is all we have this afternoon and really for the rest of the week for our normal 11 o'clock Pluser meetup. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to be on Daddy Daycare, hopefully doing enough to revive and nurse these two boys back to health to the point where we still can go to Pismo on a little short family vacation, but that might not be in the cards anymore. I don't know. I don't know. I had two kids with scabies upstairs. So I'm going to figure it out. Wish me luck, everybody. Got Benadryl and lotion 
and quesadillas and peanut butters and jelly sandwiches and I don't know. Maybe I can get a little Jewish penicillin in the boys. A little matzo ball soup to get them right. I don't know what to do. I'm not a doctor. But I am thrilled to have you here once again. And we'll be back very, very soon. I can promise you that. Little videos dropping. Keep an eye on YouTube for all of that. Oh, by the way, go check out the video that I put up on YouTube Shorts. It's the last YouTube Short that I put up of a Subway commercial, which is focusing on Steph Curry's Grundle. I, I, th there were choices made in this Subway commercial that has a vibrating phone right on Steph Curry's baby maker, right on his peen. Uh, choices were made in a Subway commercial. And as I joked around, this is the most controversial thing ever attached to Steph Curry. But he says the word cocky out loud while a vibrating cell phone, animated cell phone, um, vibrates right over his dong. So you can go watch that on YouTube Shorts. I can't believe Subway put that commercial out. Choices were made. Choices were made. Interesting choices. Uh, always interesting to talk with you, to you. We're going to slip right into Club Plus here and now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.